Cloud is powering tomorrow's transformative missions. Federal agencies are partnering with SAIC to help them meet these critical moments, where bold moves require confident blueprints, where you can accelerate transformation through consistency, where you can innovate forward and never look back. SAIC quickly and securely migrates large-scale workloads to the cloud with the confidence you need to assure your mission. Learn more at SAIC.com slash cloud. Hey, this is Linda Cohn from ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. The ML Sports Platter, back with you all over the major platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Deezer. Download and subscribe. Leave feedback and a five-star review under the umbrella of the Brawl Network. You can get me on Twitter at Mike L Sports and at Network Brawl. Make sure you download all the podcasts. Leave the feedback. Leave the five-star reviews. Obviously, I'm also doing some hosting on the Bills Brawl. Having a blast. It's just such a great team with Mike and and, and Mike and company. Uh, and so, uh, you know, please keep listening. Download, share, subscribe, you name it. A lot of talent, a lot of great pods, a lot of awesome content on the website as well. Uh, with the Brawl Network. This podcast here brought to you by Empower Federal Credit Union. Make sure you log on to empowerfcu.com today. Find your peace of mind with Empower Federal Credit Union. Big thanks as well to Hides of Liverpool and the Vince Aguera Consulting Group. You can become a better leader both personally and professionally with our friends at the Vince Aguera Consulting Group. Log on to vcgtransforms.com, vcgtransforms.com for Tons and tons of leadership programs. Personally, professionally, become a better leader with the Vince Aguera Consulting Group. I am thrilled to bring on to the program a guy who was arguably the best public relations man in Major League Baseball for 34 years um, with the New York Mets. Um, obviously, it's uh, Jay Horwitz. One of the biggest names out there at J underscore Horowitz PR on Twitter, and uh, don't forget about the amazing Mets alumni podcast with Jay Horowitz all uh, all over the major platforms as well, where you can subscribe and download and do all those neat things that I was talking about before uh, as well. He's a must follow on Twitter. One of the really good guys out there in baseball and in sports. Jay Horowitz, welcome. To the ML Sports Platter, man. Thank you so much for coming on, and thanks for hooking me up with uh, Daryl Strawberry recently, bud. How are you? My pleasure, Mike. Thanks for having me. So obviously, you know everybody knows you from your terrific uh, three-plus decade uh, career as a PR man for the Mets, and you're doing great things with the alumni side of things. Um, when did you first realize that you wanted to get into this field? Was it was it early on as a, as a kid? Was it through grade school as you learned more about it? When did you say this is for me? This is what the thing is, Mike. When I, when I, I you know, I, I, as I said in the book that I wrote, you know, I was born with one eye. I had glaucoma when I was a kid, and I had the glass eye put in when I was about 13. All my friends were athletes, and the only way that I could get into sports was I couldn't play. I was, I was a terrible baseball player, played a little bit, so I gravitated towards writing, towards PR, and when I was in high school, I was the editor. I worked on my school newspaper. When I went to college, I was a manager for the uh, NYU basketball team, and and then I, then I worked as an SID at NYU and Fairleigh Dickinson. So I love sports. Uh, growing up, all my friends were athletes. So the next best thing, I went into the writing side of it, and that's really kept me going for 
you know, for years and years and years and years. Yeah, that's great. You know, it, it, it's incredible because when you're with a club that long and you have so many relationships and so many eras, it's easy for someone like me to say, hey, who was your favorite? Really? I mean, you can, you know, it's like asking a best-selling author of 20 books to pick a book or asking someone, a father and mother of four kids, yeah. to pick a favorite kid, right? But So I'm not going to ask you your favorite or best relationship, whatever the case may be, but maybe a couple that stood out to you that maybe came out of nowhere. I'd like to go down that that direction. Uh, you know, maybe a guy who wasn't a big name, wasn't a good and wasn't a strawberry, well, wasn't I'm a David Wright. What, it was a great player, all right. I first came to the Mets in 1980. We had a second baseman on the team, Doug Flynn. Uh, Doug, Doug, uh, you know, was was a country and western singer. Comes from Kentucky. He sang with the Oak Ridge Boys. And Doug went out of his way, you know, to be nice to me, to introduce me to players, go out to dinner with me, and and hit like forty, you know, thirty, thirty like almost forty plus years later, he's a good friend. And now my new role is an alumni director. You know, I, I call him from time to time to do stuff and, and one person in the beginning who was you know he's not like a no name but right broke into the Mets in 80 Joe Torrey was my first manager <laughs> and Joe you know now he's been he's a Hall of Famer multi-time world champion but anytime I need something with Joe he's always there charity wise he does a love myself with the Mets for me and Joe told me what it was like to be involved in Major League Locker Room he introduced me to all his friends you know to Reggie Jackson to George Brett to Pete Rose you know, and you know another guy who was really good good with me is a guy Dyer Miller was a relief pitcher when I first came in, and Dyer and I had a pretty unique unique relationship. He was a championship cow milker, so I was always looking for the offbeat stuff to write about. So my first year in '80, Dyer was undefeated in four cow milking contests. He was four and zero, <laughs> but I'm just. You know, Mike, I've been fortunate. People say, say I'm, I'm not telling the truth, but in my 40-plus years at the Mets, I still remember I had one adversarial relationship with a player. Dave Kingman lived at my house for a couple of weeks during the summer. And I, I tried it. My, my secret, if I had any success at all, was to be nice to the 25th player as you are to the number one guy on the team. And that was my whole philosophy going through my career, treat everybody the same. It was what goes up, what goes down. I try to, you know, treat the Daryl Storberries and the Gary Carters and the David Wrights the same as I would the Vance Wilsons and Joe McEwings. That's that's how I try to get through life, Mike. Well, it's terrific. Jay Horowitz, our guest here, of course, amazing Mets alumni podcast on the major platforms and on Twitter at J underscore Horowitz PR. Mets PR man for 34 years and uh, obviously close to to a lot of the former players and the team now. A very exciting going into this year, man. New ownership. They got Lindor and Carrasco, and uh, it, it looks like here, you know, the Mets fan base is starting to come alive. What is it like for you? What was it like for you in the '80s when the Mets, not the Yankees, owned the town? When you see the Mets at the at, at the top when they're in the World Series, I think it was what six years ago they were against the Royals, not that long ago. When the Mets are really good, their fan base is as good as it gets, right, Jay? Yeah, I always felt that New York always wants to be a National League town. You know, I had to rivalry with the Yankees. I hated when the Yankees won. Somebody asked me the other day, could you be a Yankee fan and a Mets fan? No, you can't. If somebody <laughs> tells you you can do that, it's BS. No way. No, yeah. no possible way. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, we had a spare from 84 to 90. You know, when we we were the, we won 90 games every year. We had Strawberries, Good, and Davey Johnson, Ron Darling, Sid Fernandez. It's great. You know, you, you get you get. I try to like every 
win or lose, have the same enthusiasm going to work. But, you know, when you win, it's, it's better. You know, the more requests, when you're winning, more requests, the better. The columns that come to your place, you have more TV interviews. So I always loved it when we won. And our the personality of teams in the 80s was, you know, the outspoken guys. There were no one-word answers, you know. You know, uh, they would tell the truth. And writers loved covering the 80s Mets because, you know, we had Mike Tyson come to see us one summer. We got the fist fights, but guys threw us, the pitchers threw back. So they really kept me on my toes. And I'm really close to, you know, the team, you know, the 86 team is especially close to my heart because I was just out of college then and you know like guys like Keith Hernandez and Ron Darling they treated me like an equal and then it was good I mean you know I never got married I really married my job and when you're around you know we travel all year long you're with the team from like February to November and it's like your second family so you know relations I built will last me forever Mike I know how much of a relationship guy you are and one thing that in relationships is huge is communication in in, in any in any relationship uh, a marriage a friendship uh, a business relationship um and and you communicate as well as anyone if not better than anyone and that's something that I love in today's day and age because Jay as you know through the time in media We've never had more things at our disposal to reach people. We can message on Facebook. We can tweet message. We can text. We can call. We can email. Uh, we can get a hold of somebody on a Zoom or a Skype. We can be on the other side of the, 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 the world and it's not a big deal. At any moment, we can reach somebody. We can read an article. We can do anything we want. And yet, a lot of people don't call people back <laughs> and, and people don't respond and you're at it all the time. You respond to everything, every message, every everything. And that is that is really something to be proud of, man. I'm telling you because I, I've worked in media for almost 20 years now. I've been in sales and marketing and we know that most of the calls you make, they don't they just kind of go to die. Um you respond to a lot of stuff. You care, you follow up. You called me after the Daryl Strawberry interview. You are a class act when it comes to communication, man. Well, I, you know, it's better, you know, I'm not a text guy. I'm a call guy. I always found uh, people text you. They don't really want to speak to you, you know, and I hate people. I don't know if you read what happened. I was watching the, uh, I've been watching too much CNN the other day. And, and one of the guys uh, said that they sent out an email. The FBI sent an email out to somebody about the attacks. And, and the guy said, how could you not call the guy? You sent an email. That's kind of exaggerate to the point but it gives to the point is I'm not a text guy I, I'm a personal guy I like to call I always find if you text somebody you really don't want to speak to the guy you're open maybe the person doesn't get your text so maybe people think I'm a nudge because I, because I follow up so many times but that's the way we do it thing we talk about communications for me it's trust the other thing I try to establish with the players I think back you know in the 80s with some of the guys had off the field problems like Daryl and Doc and Keith to an extent. They knew I had their backs. They knew when I would tell them something or give them some advice that I was speaking from my heart. I had no ulterior motives. And that's why, you know, 
you know, Daryl went on to get to with the, play with the Yankees, but to this day, when he calls, he answers my phone, he'll do things for me, we talk a lot. I, I, once you lose, as a PR guy, once you lose that level of trust, you're a dead person. In the play, I never wanted to be a suit, Mike. I wanted to be, I wanted, they viewed me as one of the guys, I knew I had a responsibility to ownership, but I didn't want to be a suit to come down here, oh, here's Jacob, let's run the other way. You know, and I mean, the other thing I try to do is never go to the lockers, always asking for something. Hey, could, we, could you help me with tickets for your family? Do you need to get a Broadway show ticket? You know, I mean, just it's, it's a two way street. It can't always be ask, 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 ask. And that's how I, you know, how to try to get through my ears as a PR guy with the Mets. Looking for a way to make some quick cash? Well, making money with DoorDash is super easy, guys. I love riding my bike around the city, and now I get to do that while getting paid. With DoorDash, I get to pick my own hours and be my own boss. I get paid on my deliveries and keep 100% of my tips. Not to mention the sign-up process was so quick and easy. Guys, I'm telling you, just download the DoorDash driver app and see how easy it is to start earning cash today. Lowe's Provember event is happening now through November 24th. It's the perfect time to shop GE appliances for all your properties, like the GE side-by-side refrigerator and the GE dishwasher with active flood protect. Durable and reliable, you can always count on GE to deliver the long-lasting performance you're looking for. Available today, shop the full line of GE appliances online or in-store during Lowe's Provember event, now through November 24th. Lowe's, the new home for pros, U.S. only. So I, w- I want to just rip through, a, 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 you know, a few guys, a few Met legends, and just kind of you can share the first story that comes to mind sure. or the relationship that you had with those guys, and, and, and then I'll, I'll end with a couple things, and I'll, I'll let you be on your way again. Jay Horowitz, sure. our guest. The first one I want to start with is Gary Carter, and before you tell me something about Gary Carter, I wanted to tell you that he was one of my favorites growing up. My favorite player of all time was, well, growing up was Mattingly, uh, since surpassed by Jeter, but... Mattingly was my guy in, a, in, a, in 1A, like right behind was Gary Carter. And I wrote to Gary Carter as a 7- or 8-year-old, and he it was an actual real autograph sent back in the mail. It wasn't a facsimile. It was in blue ink. That's it was, surprised it, me, Mike. That's surprised yeah. me at all. So he sends me a 5 by 7 card. I say, but it's in my scrapbook. Fast forward to Cooperstown 2010, and I walk up to him at a table, and I told him who I was. I said, do you have a couple minutes? He helped, He grabbed a chair, pulled it out for me. Sit down, young man. I'd love to talk with you. I told him the story about writing him and him sending a, a, a photo back. He obviously passes away later on. And then I told the story to his widow at the induction ceremony on a Sunday, you know, some years later. She started to tear up, but thanked me for telling her that. That's Gary Carter to me, and I don't even really know the guy, so I can't imagine. Yeah. How about Gary Carter for you? Yeah, let me give you one personal thing. The, the, uh, he was diagnosed with, with brain cancer in 2011, okay, in the, in the summer. He was going through his treatments. That summer, uh, I broke my ankle. I fell, and I was in the hospital for a couple of weeks. So he would call me religiously every week. He's battling cancer you know, battling cancer, and, and he still didn't forget to call me every week, and I got a chance to see him the January before he passed in 2012, you know, he, we, I came into his house in Florida, and he said to me, I'll never forget, JJ, I'm going to beat this thing, one of the most upbeat people, he, he got both ends, he's a, a great stuff for the community, just a decent, decent, decent person, and, and, uh, and, and you know, when he, you know, he he did all he did sketch.
Gary for the pitchers. Gary didn't care if we went 0 for 4 as long as we won. And he really calls our young pitchers good and Fernandez, you know, uh, darling through. But just a, a, a decent, decent person, one of the best human beings I've ever met. How about Keith Hernandez? Keith, Keith is, uh, when, when, we, when we got Keith in a trade in 2000, um, in 2006, no, not 2006. I'm losing my my mind. It was it was two? I went to, when did we get Keith? I forget the year we got Keith already. I'm I'm losing my mind here. Anyway, he I had read in the papers that he didn't like New York, so we were in Montreal at the time, and I I got I got permission from the GM to get a limo to meet him at the Montreal airport. I got this big gigantic white limousine I went up to the gate and unfortunately I went to the wrong gate you know I went to the wrong gate and I wound up taking the limo back and he took a cab back to the hotel and we became good friends and Keith was an upstate an upstanding guy in the locker room a great thinker he was he, he went you know over 4 4 4 always here in front of his locker and he was one of the guys in the 86 team he made me feel you know I was a kid a relatively young guy coming from college. He made me feel part of the team. He invited me to team dinners. To, you know, uh, we had a rocky start, but we, you know, now he's an announcer for this and why we're still close friends. The same with Ron Darling. Yeah, Hernandez traded to the Mets in '83. Yeah. Um, I had to look it up though. I, m- I remember Neil Allen, but I, Rick Ombi was the other one. I had to. <laughs> you know, you know, when Rick Ombi was favored for he could catch a free, he could throw a frisbee with his toes. Yeah, right. Yeah, that was him, and that I couldn't think of his that name. Was him. Yeah, isn't that something? That was... How how about uh, we mentioned Strawberry just a minute ago? How about Daryl Strawberry? So, ups, for the ups and downs, Daryl is never hit from anything. That's why he's beloved by the media in New York. When he had his drug problems and the alcohol problems, and he's written a new book. As you know, well, he's written a book. He he, he goes around the country speaking to kids, um, and he, his message is: Don't do as I did. You know, stay away from drugs, stay away from the alcohol. And he's really he and his wife Tracy are ministers and preachers. They go around the country. You know, Daryl's a two-time cancer survivor. He speaks about you know a colon cancer prevention. I did interviews with Daryl in jail. Uh, stay close to him, and I think Daryl knows, good or bad, I'm with him 100. percent And we remain close friends. Uh, you know, I I started with the Mets April 1st, 1980. We drafted Daryl June of 1980, so we've been you know friends for 40 plus years. So and we're still friends. How about Doc Gooden? Doc's another guy. You know. Uh, when he, when he came up to, to the, you know, in 1983, uh, he strikes at 300 batters and Lynchburg comes up, uh, you know, uh, you know, with, with the pressure, he, you know, there's a lot of stuff in the front office, he come up or not come up, he comes up, gets the rookie of the year and the Cy Young the next year, and again, you know, what I, what I, Daryl and Doc, the mistake that I made with the both of them, you know, I, I said yes to too many things, and I learned from them that you have to, as a PR guy, sometimes it's good to say no. But uh, but Doc's another guy. He had his drug problems, and he's still fighting the battle today. 
He works for a local hospital, Hackensack. He goes in there when he can after the pandemic is over, speaks to cancer kids. And he's got the same message that Daryl's got, you know, uh, don't do as I did. You know what you think, Mike, those two guys, they say maybe they should have been in the Hall of Fame. You know what, though? They both resurrected your life. You're doing great with stuff in the community. They're making a difference. So maybe in some respects, it's maybe even more important in the Hall of Fame what you guys are doing now couple more for Jay Horwitz, a terrific 34-year PR man for the New York Mets. Does a great job with the Amazing Mets alumni podcast. Uh, and uh, you can get him on Twitter at J underscore Horwitz PR. And, and I think you just recently had on the show um, a, a pretty pretty solid guest in Daniel Murphy. What did he have to say? Uh, well, you know, Murphy kept promising me when he retired he would do my podcast. And, cool. and you know, he felt, you know, he, he's got three kids now. And he just felt... He's had he's had knee and a hamstring problem the last couple of years. He just thought this is a time to maybe pack it in. You know, just thirty five, thirty six years old. But you know, the postseason he had in two thousand and fifteen. You know, seven home runs in the postseason, six and six straight games against you know against Kershaw, against Ariadne, against Greinke. You know, he'll long be remembered. He'll have a place in, you know, Mets history. And uh, and what he did just personally carried us to the World Series that year. And uh, Murph had a great career. I I don't know if you remember, Mike, when he he came back to Washington, he got booed like crazy. Uh He really got mad. Because Murph didn't want to leave. He wanted to stay mad. It didn't work out. And I was when I started my interview, I said, Murph, you know, I never booed you once. I said, Murph, did you ever make any outs against us with those two years? I mean, he must have hit like 900 against the Mets in, you know, 16 <laughs> and 17. Never made it out. Always got a big hit. Big home run all the time. Good guy. Great hitter. What are you most proud of through the years in terms of um you know your your work and and as you grew through the years, you know what what stands out that that you're most proud of, Jay. This kind of thing is crazy, Mike. You know we had the great World Series win in '86. We were down to one strike in Game Six. You know could have lost. The thing I'm most proud of was probably what we did after 9/11. Uh, that we we really made a difference in the community. You know, we helped the city here because you know, Bobby Valentine, Al Ryder, John Franco, Robert Matura, Todd Seal, you know, Edgardo Alfonso. We went to the police stations, we went to the firehouses, we, we did charity work. We, uh, you know, after Mike Piazza's famous home run against the brain, the, the firemen's kids and policemen kids came down to the to the dog to do autograph. We we made a difference that year. People because of the work our guys did, people started to smile again. You know, getting the ring, I treasure my World Series ring and some other rings, but to look back and kind of it was nostalgic this year, Mike, it's the twentieth anniversary of nine eleven and the Yankees are gonna play the Mets at City Field. You know, it's gonna be an emotional light night for everybody, but just the work that we did as a team, as an organization, the owner Jeff Wilpon on down, we really made a difference. It wasn't one charity thing that we, we said no to, and we, we reached out to the police and firemen, we started with work with Tuesday's children, we took care of the kids who lost a parent on 9-11, so that's really, if there's anything if you have on my tombstone, you know, I would maybe made a difference in helping the city heal after 9-11. Yeah. Not me, but the, the whole team. I'll tell you what, that's a that's an awesome answer, and and um, I'm glad that you brought that up a little bit because I know that that was a big uh, a big thing, um, you know, for you. Uh, when you look at the game today, and we'll we'll end on this. There's a lot of criticism. The game's too slow. 
the game inside the game's too slow. The analytics have taken over. Um, nobody can bunt anymore. The hit and run's gone. Stealing bases is, is done. The, 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 the front offices are, are running it with all these numbers and all this sort of thing. And there's not the old school. You brought up Joe Torrey and then the other old school guys and managers. They're kind of taken out of the game a little bit. Um, and baseball's losing some popularity. The owners and players, they keep fighting. Where is baseball right now for you? Is it in is it in a lot of danger? Do you feel optimistic? What side do you lean on here, Jay, about baseball I, right I, now? I'm an optimistic guy, Mike. I think, you know, they rebounded they, they, they and get 60 games in. And baseball means a lot to the country, the community. You know, I've never been a clock watcher. I might always think if we won a game in 20 innings, I was great as long as we won. And I, I don't understand what... You know, people wanted to rush through a game. What are you going to do? Go to the beach? Go to the movies? I mean, I mean, it's one thing. It doesn't play to the clock. You can relax, go outside, walk your dog, come back. The game is still on. <laughs> uh, I, I, I just feel that the rush to, to cut the, t- the game down by 10 minutes, I'm maybe I'm too old-fashioned, but, but I like the game the way it is. I mean, one thing I like, especially this year, I like the... Uh, the um, the tenning rule for the pitch. I think that's a good thing, especially with we're still in the pandemic, and I like the putting the runner at second base. But by and large, I, I I like the bunting. The bunting is a big part of the game, and you know, getting the guy over second yeah. base, getting the sacrifice in with a guy on third base. But I mean, I, I don't say I think based on part of our, our community, part of our fabric. It's it's not, you know, the weather is usually nice when you play, and I don't know what the rush is to really remake the game. People that are rushed to, you know, I don't know if you right now there are so many spring training games this year at seven innings because of the pandemic. But I mean, I like the game the way it is. When I see people butt more, yeah, I'm not crazy about the chips. I think that's part of it. But I mean, I just, I'm, I'm a big believer in the game of baseball. I think, especially now, you know, through the summer, hopefully we can get through without any controversies and, you know, people can watch the games and take their minds off what's going on outside. Well, this was awesome. Great to have you. Jay Horwitz, again, a must-follow on Twitter, at J underscore Horwitz PR, the Mets PR man for three-plus decades. And, of course, the amazing Mets alumni podcast. Download, subscribe, and leave feedback and a five-star review all over the podcast platforms where you get them on your smartphone device. Jay, thank you so much. Mike, thanks, man. I'm going to be safe up there, Mike. Hope to see you soon, huh? Thanks, man. The ML Sports Platter, Google, Spotify, Apple, Deezer, Stitcher, you name it. Tremendous, tremendous, tremendous to have you aboard. All under the umbrella of the Brawl Network. At Network Brawl on Twitter. At Mike L Sports on Twitter. And, of course, you can hit me on Instagram, Mike L Sports 1979. Be on the lookout for my ML Sports takes and nine-minute videos all over YouTube, IGTV, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. Jay Horowitz, man. Wow, how awesome was he? The stories, that's why the PR guys are so great to have. That's why authors are so awesome to have, because of the stories. And he's a great storyteller. ML Sports Platter brought to you by Bryant and Stratton College, Welch and Company Jewelers, Empower Federal Credit Union, and our great friends at Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare. If you are in and around Central New York, bring your pup for a day of fun and a day of play at Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare, the official doggy daycare of the ML Sports Platter on Route 11 in Cicero. As I always tell you, Enjoy the games. Everybody needs just the right amount of fuel to get going in the morning. For some, a nice McDonald's egg and cheese bagel is just enough to do it. (laughs) 
Others might prefer a McDonald's bacon, egg, and cheese bagel. Or perhaps a sausage, egg, and cheese bagel. And there are those where nothing will do but a hearty McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel. Four different breakfast bagels to get you going. Tomorrow morning, give your engine a head start at participating McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Look, staying healthy isn't easy. Watching your diet, hitting the gym, avoiding stress. But a good night's rest helps boost your overall health and wellness. And it couldn't be easier. The Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed effortlessly adjusts and responds to both of you. The result? You wake up ready for anything. Proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. Don't miss our weekend special. Save $1,000 on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus free premium delivery when you add a base. Ends Monday. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.